What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Have you ever heard the saying, Joey, that you play down to the level of competition? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see it all the time in our favorite sports teams are playing somebody that they should just be crushing, but yet they end up barely winning or sometimes losing those games as they should be winning because they play down to the competition. But also the opposite is true, right? Whenever we get in competitive environments, it can actually increase ours. I got two two different stories. I want to bring this because I think today's podcast, as we bring back a guest, Kyle Stanley, Fearless Kyle, he's an expert in the short-term rental space, somebody that we had on almost two years ago who has gone from when he had about 25 to 30 units to now almost 70 units under management. He, he talked a little bit about the fact that we are in a much more competitive environment in the short-term rental space. Today in 2020, it is there's three times the listings that there were just two years ago. And some people who are just now getting into that space are finding it tough to make money and are wondering, can I make money? So Joe, I got two different things for you. One, I want to point out the obvious, and this is something that people miss. Competition actually not only raises your game, but also raises your opportunity. Do you believe that? Oh yeah, totally. Let me, really? I would have, I would have thought you would have said no. Competition r- reduces opportunity. That's the mistake I made. No, no, no. I was it, no, it, what it does is it requires you to get really clear on what the market is asking for, and I think that's one of the things that Kyle brought out of this uh, interview is he. It's caused him to stop and to think about what those things have to be, and it's made him five x certain areas of his business. That is how you improve. Well, here, here's a, I want to point this out. And most people may initially balk at, well, you just gave the solution, but here's the thing. When my wife was a dentist, there was a dental office that started about five or six years after she built it, a dental office started to be built about half a mile from her. There was not one for three miles near her. She was the one random office off to the side that nobody else had built around. But about five, six years in, somebody starts to build like half a mile from her and she got super nervous. And I said, that is the best thing that's ever happened to your business. And she was like, what? No, what what are you talking about? Now people that used to drive by and see my office are going to drive by and stop at that one instead. Russ, how can you how can you say that that's going to enhance our business? Why would I say that to her? You think, Stanley? Well, because it's just like, why is, you know, Walgreens right across the street from Rite Aid? And all of a sudden you start getting the, the, the leftovers, if you will, like somebody's going to look for a dentist and they see one, they, they say, oh, maybe this is the one I was looking for. And they really meant to go see the other one. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, that's possibly um, or partially true, right? I'm sure that happens. 
But here's the thing. It brings awareness to the business. It brings awareness to the situation. The fact that there's 800 listings now in Birmingham and only two years ago, there was only like 250. You know what happens with that is that there's a lot more people who now are traveling with that many more listings that are looking for a short-term rental as compared to a hotel. How many yeah. bedrooms, by the way, I, I don't even know this number. How many bedrooms do you think hotel bedrooms are there in the in the uh, city of Birmingham? I have no clue. Do you think it's less than 850 if that's how many short-term rental units we have? No, no, definitely more. How many more? 5,000? Something like 10, that. 10,000? Yeah. yeah. I have it, no idea. It, it's got to be a big number. It is a... It is, 850 is a small fraction of the number of rooms in the hotel business industry, right? So what if the hotel industry are the ones that are really taking it on the chin right now, right? And I think that when you see competition, competition can help you rise. And the, here's the second part of it is that I was going to say, so you have that example. It brings awareness that you would have never thought, but also it like Cal says in the in the podcast, it makes you start saying, how do I differentiate myself from the from the pack? How do I enhance what I'm doing? I think so oftentimes people got into the short-term rental space with a camera and a two-bedroom condo and they were getting away with it, right? I yeah. unfortunately rented one or two of those places along the <laughs> way and were like, oh, this was not a good idea. As compared to when I just went to Atlanta with a, my, my uh, sister's family, we had 18 of us staying in a house over um, in Stone Mountain, Georgia. The place was amazing. It had a had like a climbing gym for the for the little kids. It had a hot tub for the big kids. It had two big, large living rooms for the adults, as well as an outdoor porch that my mom, my stepmom, and my sister could go out and have coffee on and get away from all the chaos. That person created amenities. They upped their game. They gave something that was above what everyone else was doing. I think that that's better. That's going to create a market that is better for the consumer in the end. The reason why we have electronics now that can do a thousand times more operating speed than the first computers ever created in a fraction of the size is because of competition. 100%. Competition is a wonderful thing. This is a great interview, but I hope you will stick past a little bit of what we said. But also, you need to up your game by being in mentorships, being in masterminds. Kyle, at the very end, love him. He did not tell you that he has a mentorship that you can get involved in. If you go to info at fearlesskyle.com and put subject line Wealth Without Wall Street, you can ask him about the mentorship that they run for their short-term rental operators and if you put Wealth Without Wall Street in the subject line, you end up being a good fit. He's going to give you $500 off. So I'm going to make sure I, I say that stallion at the very beginning. But let's don't take any more time away from this interview with our friend Kyle Stanley. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. 
Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe, he's back. You love him. Mr. Kyle Stanley's in the house. Kyle, so glad to have you, man. Joey, Russ, always a pleasure, guys. Yeah, thank you for jumping back on with us. For those who have had not have not had a chance to listen to the first episode, I would highly encourage you to go back, listen to how Kyle built an amazing short-term rental business. We've had uh, many opportunities over the last 18 months to, to spend in conversations one-on-one with Kyle. He is the real deal when it comes to the short-term rental game. If you're already running a short-term rental business, today is going to be exciting because he's going to show you how to accelerate in a declining opportunity here. Is that a, a good way to say that now? Oh, I don't know if it's a declining opportunity. It's more competitive opportunity. We'll put it that way. All right. Well, <laughs> the re- reason I say that, I like to I like to give a little bit of context, right? Like we're yeah. we're seeing opportunity within this market space increasing, but in certain areas because so many people are coming in, right? So yeah. For those who don't know your history, though, don't know the background, talk a little bit about where you started as compared to where you are right now. Yeah, where we started uh, back in 2015, I hosted my first room on Airbnb. Uh, That's all I ever saw of it for about three years and then uh, found out that you can do it just like how you guys found out you can do it without owning the house and was like, wait a second, what do you mean I can do this without owning the house and don't have to show the deed? So I found out about the arbitrage model, got started in that got to six properties pretty quickly. And then uh, there was a need in my market in central California where all these people who owned houses and were frustrated with the $200 they were making as a long-term rental uh, saying, Hey, what if we furnished it? And what if you took over the management and thus uh, co-hosting was really birthed out of that for, for me. And I was able to take over about 30 to 40 owners here in the Central Valley, uh, take over their homes, manage it for them, a glorified version of property management, essentially what that is. And we've been able to build to now 65 plus properties, most of which I'd say about 50 are of the co-hosting variety. So we still, you know, on those properties make close to about a thousand dollars on each property that we co-host. And so you can do the math there. It's been a very fruitful business. So really quickly, for those who don't know the difference, arbitrage is what? Arbitrage, you lease it and then you sublease it. So I go to the landlord, say, hey, I'll rent this from you. I'll give you your guaranteed rent. I'll furnish it. I'll take on all the expenses. I'll take on uh, a lot of the risk with the guest um, and I'll just make whatever profit is left over. So if I have a rent of 2000, some expenses of 500, but I rent it out for $5,000, I just netted $2,500 on a property that I don't own. Take that same, yeah, go ahead. And all you bought, only thing you put up was the first month's rent and then the furnishings, correct? Exactly. So I'm probably about $15,000 in if it's a typical three to four bedroom house. Perfect. So I'm, you know, I make that $2,500 and before I know it, I've made all my money back right around call that month six. You know, that's, yeah. that's a dang good return on investment. Um, but if you want an infinite return on investment, that's what co-hosting is. So I take that same property, I convince the landlord to furnish it themselves and that I'm going to say, hey, you know, that long-term rental that you might be netting 100, 200, maybe $500, I want to 3X that. I want to make you $1,500 per month instead of that $500 per month. All you need to do is furnish it yourself. I'll help you with that setup. I'll help you do that. And then day to day, I'll take over all of the operations and I'm going to charge you 20 to 25% of whatever I bring in for that property. So if I'm charging 20% and I make that person $5,000, I just took the first thousand dollars right off the top as my management fee. 
So you, you just said some pretty amazing things. If this is the first time you've heard about short-term rentals, Kyle just gave you two paths to making dollars, right? One being the person that goes out gets negotiates the lease, gets the, the property furnished, and then starts being the hospitality business on the back end, making sure everything's done. Or number two, co-hosting, being the property management for other investors' properties. They've done all the work on the front end of, of getting that you know uh, furnished, the cost of acquisition of the property, whatever it may be. And now you're just managing that hospitality business. So tell me this, Kyle, from your experience, is there one person that's better suited for one or the other of those two things? Or are they very just so closely aligned that it's really the same person? When you say the person, you mean the client, the the homeowner? Yeah, well, no, just like if I'm listening to you okay, and I'm interested yeah. in the space, what, is there a way that you've seen, hey, this kind of person is super successful yeah. as being the investor side or this person is super successful actually managing property themselves? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it really just comes down to what kind of business model do you want? Do you want one where you have some expenses and maybe you've got some capital set aside, you're okay with some overhead. Maybe you've already run some businesses. So you're really good with, you know, your, your financials and your statements and you feel comfortable with saying, Hey, uh, I know I can evaluate these arbitrage deals and decide if I'm going to make enough money after paying the rents, after paying expenses, after paying my team. If you're good with numbers and you're, you've got some business background, I think arbitrage is a great place to, to grow your business. Um, whereas on the other side, if you're kind of new and you're not used to taking on risk, uh, co-hosting is really good because you're not taking on very much risk. But here's the key thing is that if I were to go to you, Joey, for example, if you owned a house, you're likely to co-host with me if I already have a little bit of experience, right? You know, if I come to you and say, hey, I don't have any experience, will you let me take over your house? No, oh, by the way, I need you to spend $20,000 to furnish it. You're probably gonna be like, well, show me where the ROI is. Like, show me what I'm gonna actually make. And all I'm gonna say is, this is my best guess, right? <laughs> probably not gonna go with that person, right? So- no, That's not what they're gonna say, Kyle. They're gonna be like, I listened to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast <laughs> and Kyle Staley said that there's a lot of return on this. Exactly. So if, if they're familiar with that, right? But it still comes down to who the operator is. And so if you can come in and you can say, hey, I'm going to give you your guaranteed rent. You don't have to worry about the the risk of losing money because you're going to get all the money. I'll furnish it myself. I'm going to run it as a business myself. And because you're working with me, a business owner, you're going to get rents that are direct deposited. You're going to not have to worry about squatters, all these things, all these benefits, right? We could go on for days of the benefits. But what that does is that builds up my portfolio and it builds up my experience to then say, Hey, Joey, now I've operated five properties and now I have actual data and experience. And now I can show you what I believe you're going to make uh, based on my actual knowledge and experience. That was how I built my business. And that's how a lot of people will get into co-hosting. Um, most of the time, it's going to go that route. Sometimes if you have an aunt or a cousin or you know a, a really good friend that says, I want to get into this with you, then you might be able to co-host with them at that point because they know you more as a person rather than worrying about your experience. But most of the time you need to build up that experience first. All right. I want to throw out this really quickly. One, if you're, if you're someone who has not started in this space, I'm going to send you to a course that can get you the first property with all the details of how to do it. Go to what's forward slash STR course. 
STR stands for short-term rental, Joey, STR course. So, but I want to like dive a, a little bit deeper, right? Because I believe the the value of taking Kyle for the second time is to pick his brain at a much higher level. You are mentoring people who have been running these businesses, teaching them not only how to take one to go to many, but then to do the co-hosting and all of that. So that's where I want to spend some time. I opened this, maybe the incorrect way. Joey always says I'm awkward when I start the podcast off. I was awkward. Maybe my question should have gift. been. It's a gift, Kyle. It really is. <laughs> maybe my question should have been, is this a bad time to be in the short-term rental business? Uh, I don't think that there is a bad time to get into short-term rentals due to the fact that like, if we look at this today, it's a much different business. We can't jump in today and just put in grandma's furniture and say, cool, now I can go make money on the stuff that's been collecting dust in my, in my garage for the last few years. We have to spend the money to get the nicest stuff, to be the nicest place in, in your area. We have to understand our avatar a little bit more, right? Like if I, if I'm in a place and we can dive a little bit deeper into this too, but if I'm in a place that is going to be, you know, in a lake area and I'm not within throwing distance of the lake, is that truly going to serve the client that I'm trying to serve? Right? Like those are the questions that we have to ask ourselves more than ever. And the people who are asking themselves those questions and doing the right things when it comes to those questions and comes to those answers and actually producing the best quality product, they're not seeing any sort of impact. You know, they're, they're, they're competing against the, the minimum, whereas everyone else is competing against the, the average. And so I think if you're ready to get into a business that is going to produce amazing amounts of cash flow, but knowing that you can't just, it's not as easy as it was three years ago. Um, anyone can make money in any market, right? When we talk about real estate, it just comes down to, are you willing to look at things differently than the competition? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're competing against the pros, right? You're competing right. against the Kyle Stanleys of the world that are doing this full time, where most of those people that you mentioned are like, oh, I have a house at the mountains, I have a house at the beach or lake or whatever, I'll get one, I'll rent one, and I'll just rent it. And thinking that you're going to be able to do it at a level in which someone who's focusing 100% of their attention versus like 1% of 1% of their attention. For the expert, for the person, or not the expert, but for the person who is not a beginner, they have one unit, they have three units, but there, there are feeling the pressures of an increasing number of listings out there, right? There's a lot mm -hmm. of competition out there. There's a lot of people in the space. Like, you know, we used to say everybody with a truck and a trailer was a landscaper, right? Like, right. I feel like now everybody with a, an iPhone and a, a two-bedroom condo it, downtown is a short-term rental operator. Yep. How do you... How are you coaching and mentoring people who have been doing it maybe for a year, 18 months, who have one unit, maybe up to three units? How are you helping them rise above yeah. the, the two-bedroom unit and an iPhone user out there? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll give you a real perfect example. Um, so first of all, I've got a student right now. He started in February of 2022. It's now August 2022. He has collected over $800,000 on Airbnb since he started. He has over 50 units now. And the guy right from the get-go said, how can I get the best property in the best area 
that will have the, the highest performance. So we identified that straight from the get-go for someone that didn't have any properties. But to your question, um, there's a lot of people, like you said, that come in that they're like, hey, I've got three properties. They're not really performing that great. And if I'm gonna grow this, I need to figure out why. Um, one of our students, his name is Dan. He just jumped in with us. Uh, he's in wine country uh, in California. And you know, it was no question of why his places were not performing well. You know, you look at some of these places and it literally was just, again, grandma's furniture and it was um, cell phone photos and it was, you know, not having, you know, if, if you're in, in wine country, like you start to think about it, location is huge, right? We want to be close to the wineries. Uh, we want to have some nicer end furniture. We, we have to give them an experience that they're going to enjoy um, beyond just putting a place up. So when we looked at it, uh, you know, we noticed that a lot of this was just, we could, aside from just looking at location, you couldn't tell that there was going to be that kind of experience of being in wine country. You couldn't tell that he had really like put that, that final touch on it to make it the full experience from not having a hot tub or not having a barbecue or not having the, the, the artwork or the, the colors that pop to make it really feel like you're in wine country. It was just, we're going to take the furniture that makes the most sense because of budget and we're going to put it in there and we're going to see what happens. Those are the ones that need like, to me and, and the way that we do that too guys just so you know the way that we do that is we just jump in and we start to look at what is the competition doing and how can you rise above the competition so when you start looking at air dna and airbnb and you're looking at the the neighbor down the street who has the professional photo that has the barbecue in the pool and the hot tub meanwhile you're over here with cell phone photos and not having any of those amenities and wondering why you're not getting the same results well we just identified those things now we can start to adjust and we can't add a pool but we can sure add a hot tub we can't you know add location but we can draw them into coming to our place that's 20 minutes out of the way because we have the things that those other places don't have um so the the further away from the prime location that we are the more that we have to really focus on what's going to be so awesome for someone's stay that they'll say i don't mind making that extra 20 minute drive i'm going to go to this place and i want to stay there russ i remember my dad specifically say to me joey you gotta go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we wanna know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. So you, you just mentioned a couple of different people that you've been able to mentor Talk about that process because obviously you're able to come, it sounds like you're able to come in and identify problem areas and or help somebody start from scratch. You just mentioned those two things. What what other things do you kind of cover in the mentorship? Yeah, it's I mean, I really like to call it a mastermind because you're not just getting me, you're getting all of our coaches that are in there. We have high level coaches, some of them as well, making seven figures just like myself. Um, and and really what we're doing is we're identifying where are you at in the process? 
what what do we need to identify as the action items for the next 90 days and then how can we give you the best continued education so that you're refining those things for the next year and beyond um, so they're getting market evaluations right out of the gate they're getting uh, one-on-one training they're getting to be a part of the mastermind and exchange ideas with other members they're getting to learn from other coaches as we have weekly calls that they're learning specific things for example uh, one of our coaches is my wife she is uh, our interior design coach and she's killing it from the interior design standpoint and showing people how you know some small things can make a big difference and so you get to jump on calls like that whether it's interior design or sales or expansion automation um, adding extra streams of revenue. It's continued education like that, but it's really in the first 90 days, we're trying to identify and get hands-on with them and see, hey, where are you at? Where do you want to be? And how can we take those steps in the first 90 days to get you onto that path? It, most of the people who come in to your mastermind, how long have they been doing uh, short-term rental? Most of them are brand new. Um, oh, really? Yeah, most of them are brand new. We do have a select few. I would say, you know, one out of every five has like a, a property or two. Um, yeah. Most of the time, you know, what we what we really want to do is we want to get you to six figures net as as quickly as possible. So that's what we kind of promote. I do have another mastermind that is done with other really high level coaches that we don't talk about as much. But those people that come in with call it 10, 15 properties that are like, I need to get to the next level. Now we're able to talk to them about um, our next mastermind. That's a little bit more high level conversations. What is the the thing right now um, that you're seeing that is the real issue in the industry? Like, and this is something that came up in a conversation with our short term rental operator. I don't know if this is the thing that is dominating the conversation for you is that recently Airbnb did an update, right? They changed their algorithm. It changed the way the units were being listed and, and the order in which they were being listed. Mm -hmm. The, um, you know, whether or not you have a pool, whether or not you have waterfront, all that stuff got thrown off. Are you guys seeing that? And if that's not the big conversation, what are some of the other big conversations that you guys are talking about? Yeah, it's kind of a three-headed monster. This all kind of happened right around the same time. So first of all, um, I think the biggest shift was seen right around that time, but I don't I don't buy into it being just the algorithm of Airbnb um, because if someone wants to stay at a place bad enough, they're, they're, gonna, they're gonna find your place. So one competition, just from from now compared to right around let's say july of 2020 that's when everyone kind of started to see hey airbnb is kind of coming back this whole arbitrage thing that people have been talking about is starting to get a little bit more popular again and i think between july of 2020 until about march of 2022 there was this uh just mass growth in the airbnb space you you guys and i were talking about it your market is really similar to ours uh, both of our markets about two years ago were at 200 to 300 rentals. Now they're at like 800. So we have competition. We have Airbnb changing up their their website a little bit, which I think is the the least of the concern. And then lastly is just you know look at gas prices, look at plane prices, look at all these things that impact travel and the fact that you know the talk the the, the media talk especially of inflation and recession is dominating a lot of the conversations and all of this really kind of came to a peak right around the same time in march of 2022 and that's when we started to see some things go down a little bit and, and but but i will tell you this we have i just did a study of this we have three places this last month um that 
just completely still blew it out of the water. And it's because of the same things that we just talked about right now. When you can be one of the top five to 10% in your market, you're really not competing with your market. But if you find yourself being that typical three bedroom, two bath, you know, with the, the furniture and some nice wall art and that's, and that's all you're doing, then you're competing with everyone else. And if you've got thousands of Airbnbs in your market, would you rather compete with 90% of thousands or 10% of thousands? Like that, that's, that's the biggest difference to me is that most people and most of those people to me as well, they're going to exit the market as quickly as they came in. I think they're going to leave. Well, and it just, it just goes back to even just real estate in general, right? Over the last three years, if you put up a shack on the market, it didn't matter. It was sold in seven days or less because it was just this, this craze in the market. Now things are not nearly as crazy. And so you have to be tip top shape. You have to have the, all the things people are looking for. There's still a lot of buyers out there. They're just not like crazy. Like they were two years ago. Well, Joey, how many people do you know that became realtors in the last two years? Right. Everyone and their mom. Tons of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, you know, it's, it, you know, the, the people who are selling and, and, you know, calling, call it 30, 40, 50 homes per year and have been doing that for the last 10 years, they're feeling it, right? They, they felt it right now because there's more realtors with less inventory and, and lower prices, but all of those realtors that just became realtors in the last two years are going to go and create some other sort of income and get some job and, and exit the real estate space. And it's going to correct itself again to where the people who are the serious realtors are going to be the ones getting rewarded, you know? So I, I just think no matter what business, we're always going to see people like that. So the biggest thing that I always say to people right now is you have to have a bulldog mentality getting into this business right now of, I don't care where it is. I don't care how it's done. I I know that my reason for getting into it right now way exceeds any pain, any rejection, any disappointment that I'm going to get because I need to do this thing. Like it's got to be a need at this point to me. If you just want to do it and you want to see how it goes and you want to put up a place and make an extra couple thousand dollars, you're going to be gone as soon as you come in. Um, So if you have that, that drive and desire, um, you can be successful with this. Yeah, I think we're definitely, there's a, a Bible reference here somewhere, right? I mean, we're, we're dealing with the parable of the seed where it, that we're at a point right now, it is going to be tough ground. And a lot of people are just going to bounce and be gone. They may have experienced some quick growth over the last mm-hmm. year. And as you said, we're seeing more listings, more competition. And the new person getting into the space is not trying to compete in that area. Like you said, three, four, five, six bedroom houses, they're in the one and two bedroom unit spaces. And if you look at the listings, that's where 85% of the listings are at two bedroom and below. What were you gonna say, Stallion? Well, I I was just gonna say this to our tribe, as you're hearing this conversation and you've been wondering like, man, maybe I am really suited well to start my passive income journey through short-term rentals. Now I'm kind of hesitant. Don't hear us saying that, right? If if you've gone through the process that we, te- we teach on the show all the time, right? Who are you as an investor? If you have taken our investor DNA profile and you determine, man, short-term rentals is actually a really good fit for me, 
Then it's just a matter of how serious, as just Kyle would, would just mention, how serious is my why? Like, how badly do I want financial freedom? If it's just like a, man, I hope this works out, you know, don't, you know, don't try to get into this at this, at this point. But if you're serious about it, be educated, right? We already shared with you the course that you can start with and then get a mentor, right? If it's not Kyle, it's somebody, but get into some sort of a community that's going to push you when those things do get difficult because it is that you're a business owner now and you have to be willing to put in the reps and have the support system. So anything you'd add to that, Kyle? Well, I mean, I'll I'll just give you two stories on that. Um, We've got one of our students who um, he joined us in December of 2020. And, you know, he jumped in and this was at a time when it was starting to get popular. Um, The guy had no sales experience. In fact, he's an engineer, three hours away from the market that he chose. And his partner, who's going to do a lot of the sales of it, is, is a former casino dealer. So like, neither of these guys have any hospitality experience, no real estate experience, no sales experience, no management experience, nothing. But the guy driving the, the, the car, steering the, the wheel on the boat, he, he said, I, I've got a family, I've got a kid right now, and I want to have more kids. And, and I'm putting in 50 hours a week at my job uh, at PG&E here in California. And I barely even see my kid. And we just had her, you know, five, six months ago. And so He's like, I need to be, I need to, I need to be a stay-at-home dad. Those were his words. I need to be a stay-at-home dad. And for that reason, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's no surprise to me why this guy got so much rejection, but still to this day, he's now pushing 20 units. He's about three to four months away from quitting his job. And, and it's been because he, he had that strong why on the other side of things, I, there's a lot of people that jump in, like you said, that just say, Hey, I've got one and it's not really performing that well. I'd like to see it perform better. Maybe I'll grow to five units. And for that reason, they haven't added anything in six months. You know, it, it, there's, there's no wonder of why those two different people have not had the success. It all comes down to how badly they want it. Well, and one of the things that we see this in all walks, right, is that you learn along the process. You learn how to enhance your business as you're in the business and you grow repeat customers, right? When you get into the business, 100% of your business is dependent on sites like Airbnb. Yeah. But as you grow the business, then your business b- starts to get traction on repeat customers. You yes. start get direct bookings, right? So you have that organic reach. There's the value, right? I think that when, you know, I, I love bringing up the controversy up, uh, at the beginning because I, I want to help people not try to take the easy button. Wall Street is right. the easy button. This is not an easy button. It's work, right? I mean, right. passive income is not passive, right? There, it, it, we have to be involved, and then we can create passivity after we build processes and systems. So yes. the, the thing that you're talking about is that there are ways. As we build a business, we build repeat customers, we build a list, we can reach out to them, we can create Facebook groups, we can create um, you know referrals just within our own influence and network. But as you do that and you scale, you got to get around other people who are pivoting. Because right now, I'd imagine some of the conversations that you're having in your mastermind group are around that, around how are we pivoting in a more competitive environment than we were 12 months ago. Yeah, I mean, I I literally just did a a video on this on... uh, you know, Essentially, it's called Five Steps on How to Run a Successful Business. And and it's 
the 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 ways in which I learned and through all my my failures um, in changing careers and failed businesses is you know we we get so much into action that we forget to take a moment to step back, sharpen the ax, look at what are we doing that isn't sustainable or isn't going to um, perform a year from now. And how do we get on top of that now? So three months ago, we started a new initiative to try to get more direct bookings because what we saw was we started to see this trend of Airbnb bookings going down, rates going down a little bit. So we said, okay, we want to get better properties so that we can be in the top 10%. We want to get more direct bookings. How can we create more relationships? And then we implement that. So it's, it's about taking those moments of saying, okay, we need to we need to recognize the trends. We need to game plan around those trends, and then we need to take action. So I'm I'm happy to say that we've five x in the last three months the amount of direct bookings that we've been doing just by putting some time and effort into that. We're nowhere near where we want to be on that, but it's the step in the right direction. Oh man, Kyle, I I love what you're saying. You're 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 literally treating it like a business, and that's what oh, yeah. it really takes to be successful, no matter what your passive income journey looks like. And yeah. so I appreciate you bringing that to us. I, I'm excited to have brought you back on the show to see your personal growth, right? The last time you were here, you had 20 to 25 properties. And now you've mentioned almost 70 properties yeah. in the course of a couple of years. I mean, it hasn't even, has it even been two years since you were on? And that's an amazing feat in and of itself. And then the fact that now you're mentoring people along that same path, What's next for you as it relates to your own journey? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I really get a lot of thrill out of um, seeing others succeed and being part of that success. So I've been doing a little bit more, um, whatever, if you want to call it venture capitalists or partnering with people. I, I'm, I'm looking to kind of partner in some businesses with people that I know have a really good expertise and can do the things that I can't do, but don't necessarily have the business knowledge. And I want to jump in and, and kind of help guide them to be able to, to get to that next level and essentially almost be like a, you can, you can call me kind of like a, 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 a passive partner who helps with just kind of implementing things on the front end. So I, I've, I've really found a joy in doing some of that. So I'm excited about doing a little bit more of that, but really it's about solidifying things in my current businesses so that my team is taken care of. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm a huge proponent of leadership and your team and you're only as good as your team is. And my team, you know, my, my COO, my right hand woman in my Airbnb and short term rentals business, she came in, uh, man, it was, uh, May of 2019 saying all she wanted to do was make her car payment $600 a month. And I gave her enough cleaning jobs to do that. And now today, last month, we paid her $9,200. And now she is, you know, really the, the sole provider of, of her household. And she is doing this um, at a level that I, she's motivated. She's excited. It's something that she's, you know, she's really taken ownership of. And I want to make sure that she has a place here to be able to make that kind of income for the rest of her life if possible. And so those are the things that I'm looking at right now is how do we now protect this house that we've built? Uh, I guess is kind of the, the best way to put that. That's so cool. And all right, tribe, if, if you want to follow Kyle, you can do that in a couple of ways. One, you can go to Facebook, type in Airbnb Masterminds and join his Facebook group. You'd be one of about 140,000 people because Kyle is running an amazing business. But also, Kyle, 
if somebody was wanting to get into your mentorship, is there a way for them to do that? And if so, how would they? Yeah. And, and I'll just throw on to that too, Russ, if, um, if you guys do want to just kind of be in the information stage, right? Just digesting information. I've got a free YouTube channel, podcast, um, and Instagram. You can find all those by just searching fearless Kyle. Um, that's a simple Google search to be able to find all that. But, um, you know, the difference between free and mentorship is the difference of information versus instruction, right? It's the information. And then you take that information and, and transcribe it how you think that's best for you versus having someone say, okay, here's the information. Here's what you do with it. Here's the next step for you. You're going to start here. Then you're going to go here and then you're going to go here. It's the step-by-step -step, and that's what we're providing through our mentorship program. And just as a thank you, uh, to, to your wealth without wall street, tribe uh, for listening in to the very end here. We're going to give you $500 off that. If you just email me info at fearlesskyle.com, info at fearlesskyle.com, just put the subject line wealth without wall street, and we'll start a conversation if it ends up being a good fit on both sides, which by the way, that is a key thing, right? Like we don't like just taking people's money and, and saying, you know, whatever, you know, good luck. It's, we really want to see you guys succeed and we want to take on the people who are going to be in a possess, the position to best succeed. So, um, and especially with being in a mastermind, again, you're only as good as the weakest link. So we want to make sure that you're serious, that you're coming in and you have a, a strong reason why that you've got a positive attitude and that you're ready to not just learn, but provide value to the group as well. So, um, that's, uh, that would be the next steps. Awesome. Awesome. Kyle, as I mentioned before, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you for, for making time for us. And uh, Tribe, thank you for listening in. As always, if you found value today and uh, you, you want to share this with somebody else who may be stuck, please do that. Please like it. Please share it. Please rate and review us so that we can get by the big algorithms and continue to share hope for financial freedom with everybody that wants to find it. Thanks as always. We'll catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.